All right, well, happy Easter, everybody. He's risen. Uh, it is so glad to have more voices in this room than just me and Sam. You guys, thank you so much for being here. And thank you for joining us. This is another milestone moment, and we're so glad that you could be joining us, all you who are um, with us today. You know, as a church family, over this last year, we have experienced so much, haven't we? This, is, this has really been big. And one of the things I've been thinking about a lot is how these milestones that we've been going one after another, they really are milestones. There was so much talk about pivoting over the last year, but a lot of these things that, that we may have called pivots, they've turned out to be milestones, like the outdoor services. You know, it seemed like it was a pivot, right? We, we did the outdoor services because the, it was the only way that we could meet with more than 25 people. And then when we announced that we're bringing them back, not because we have to, but because we want to, people cheered. People cheered for the outdoor services. Yeah, um, it wasn't a cue, but yeah, I mean, they, that, that's what happened on, on Sunday. We did that. Um, I think about those Zoom accounts. You, know, you don't have to boo for Zoom right now, but we, we got the Zoom accounts because we had to. It was the only way that we, we could meet. And then I think about how earlier this week we had a chance because of Zoom, something we never would have had except for COVID, we had a chance to, to spend time with our friends down at Emmanuel Children's Home in Juarez. And we even got to say goodnight. We got to say goodnight to the kids. How cool is that? That's something that never would have happened if it weren't for these things that we may have called pivots, but I would say they're really milestones. And then there's these, these online services. This was something we had to do because it was the only way that we could remain connected. And now these are here to stay. These are here to stay, not just for those of you who are, are, are using online services until we can meet together, but because this is really going to be an important part. This is a way for us to reach more people. As we said in that opening video that we did, for us, going back to normal, that would be going backwards. It'd be going backwards. As followers of Jesus, forward is in our DNA. As followers of Jesus, transformation is in our DNA. If you downloaded today's notes, or if there was one on your chair when you came in today, there's a place to write this down. For Easter people, normal, normal is a step what? This is a step backwards. Normal is a step backwards. Can someone give me an amen to that? Oh, so good to hear those amens. Well, on Easter Sunday, we gather, and we gather all around the world. This is not something that we're the only ones doing here. We celebrate a day when Everything changed. Everything changed. If you have your Bible with you, please turn with me to John chapter 20, verse 1. Let's take a look at this. John chapter 20, verse 1. Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark. And she saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. On the first day of the week, something happened. Something that changed everything. And people who've studied this account of this very first Easter Sunday, they rightfully point out there's echoes of Genesis here as God brings forth this new life. All right, let's keep reading verses two, three, and four. So she ran and she went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved. And she said to them, they've taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they've laid him. So Peter went out with the other disciple. And as they were going towards the tomb, 
Both of them were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. All right, let's talk about this a little bit. Now, in the past, truth be told, I've been pretty hard on John here. Um, he's that other disciple in the account. Uh, he just also happens to be the author. And the reason I've given him a hard time in the past is because this is the only place in the whole Bible you find the story where Peter and John were racing and John wins. Of course, that's in John's, you know, um, his gospel. Now, that's why I've given him a hard time in the past. And it could be as simple as I've made it. It could be as simple as, hey, they were both running. John got there first and John made sure that we knew that he got there first. Could be that simple. Or maybe, just maybe, something else happened. Again, this is speculation, but maybe, just maybe, Peter, with his impulsive personality, he heard that the tomb was empty, and so he just started running. And he, he, he burst uh, you know, out, out towards the tomb, and he burst through that door. But maybe, just maybe, on the way there, something caused him to pause and slow down before he got there. And what could have caused that? What could have caused Peter, as he burst out, you know, running towards this tomb, what could have caused him to, to slow down and pause along the way? In this year's Lent series, we began looking at the example of all these witnesses, all kinds of witnesses who changed the world. And we spent time looking at the example of Peter on Friday night. The Bible is honest. And that makes it very raw sometimes. We see people at their best, what else do we see in the Bible? We see people at their, at their worst. Yeah. We see these heroes of faith for who they are. They were real people. All of them. They were real people like you and like me. People who have fears. People who've got flaws. And people who fail. We see the heroes of faith for who they are. And on Friday, on Friday, those of you who are with us for the Good Friday service, you got a chance to see as we, as we looked at, at Peter's life. We, we, we looked at that night when he denied Jesus, denied even knowing him. And he did it not once, he did it not twice, but how many times? Three, Three times. Now as counterintuitive as this might sound at first, for me, I come away from these stories inspired. I, I come away from him inspired because... I am as broken and as flawed and as a mistake maker as they come. And I've got fears and I got doubts. And I got a whole long list of fails. Any of you relate? Show hand. Anybody? Okay. Any of you relate? Oh, well, then I invite you to write this down in your notes. It might be therapeutic for all of us here. If you can look back at a lot of fears and flaws and failures, you're not alone. You should have seen all the hands that went up in this room. You're not alone. You're not alone. And many of you who are here with us on Friday, you may remember as, as we reflected on what Peter said. And as Peter warmed himself near that charcoal fire in that dark courtyard, a servant girl asked, she said, are you a disciple of Jesus? And Peter said these words. He said, I am not. I am not. Those were his three words. His three words. And on Friday night, we took a hard look at ourselves. And, and we, it, we had these cards. And uh, those of you who picked up those great um, baskets, Caitlin, thank you so much for you and your team for making those up. Those of you who had your baskets and you opened up the one that said Friday, you saw a card like this. And we asked that hard question, 
What are your three words? What are yours? His were I'm, I am not, but what were yours? And maybe your card said, don't do it. Maybe your card said, don't say it. Maybe your card said, don't watch it. Or maybe it said, don't trust them. Maybe your card said, keep your promise. Maybe your card said, tell the truth. Maybe your card said, say something. Say something now. Well, today's Easter Sunday. And we're going to see a great example of the old, old saying, if you're not dead, God's not done. We're going to see an example of that, and it comes from Peter. So let's go back to our text. Let's jump ahead. We were in the morning. Now let's jump ahead to evening. This is in John 20, verse 19. On the evening of that same day, that first Easter, on the evening of the same day, on the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and he stood among them and he said to them, say it with me, peace be with you. Peace, peace be with you. In the Bible, God's peace, his shalom, it is a state of peace that we don't even have a word for in the English language. We don't even have an equivalent for it. God's shalom was arguably the thing that people longed for more than anything else. They longed for God's peace. As I was studying these verses this week, I came across this great quote. In the Old Testament, peace is associated closely with the blessing of God. Now indeed, such peace has come for his shalom on Easter evening is the complement of what? It is finished on the cross. The one who the world had just killed. What was he doing now? extending God's shalom to all who would receive it. Imagine you're Peter and you're in that room. Can you imagine how that would have felt? Peace. First time you see Jesus, peace be with you. Now I want you to also imagine if you're John, because here's something I never thought about before. As, as much as, as we turn all our attention to Peter and we're like, Peter, how could you deny Jesus? How could you deny Jesus? Do you know who got Peter into that courtyard where he denied Jesus? It was John. John knew the high priest. John is the one, you can read this in John's account. John puts his account. John is the one who told the servant girl, he's good, you can let him in. Now, I used to make, give John a hard time for that. Cause I'm like, John, you're just bragging. Like, yeah, I, I know the high priest. Think about this. What's worse? Denying Jesus three times that you know him or being known by the high priest, being known by the servant girl. And they don't even know that you know Jesus. Never thought of that before. If you can look back, if you can look back and you've got flaws and you got fears and you got failures. You're not alone. Peter had them. John had them. Every single one of these examples of witnesses that we've been looking at throughout this series, every single one of them had them. All right, let's go back to John's Easter account. More time passes now from what we just read. And the disciples, they return. This is very interesting. They return to the place where many of them met Jesus for the first time to a place where 
it all began. And we find that Peter, in this account here, uh, several of the others are with him too. They're back on the lake. They're back on the sea. And they're what? They're fishing. And they had been at it all night. They've been fishing all night. Let's go back to our text. John 21, verses 4 through 6. Just as day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore. Yet the disciples did not know it was Jesus. And Jesus said to them, children, do you have any fish? And they answered him, no. And he said to them, cast the net to the side of the boat and you'll find some. So they cast it. And now they were not able to haul it in because of the quantity of fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved therefore said to Peter, it's the Lord. And when Simon Peter heard it was the Lord, what did he do? This is Peter. This is class Peter. He went, he just threw himself into the sea, just threw himself in the sea. And the other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish. All right. This is no exaggeration. We could spend a month on John 21 just unpacking this, unpacking the richness of this. We would not even begin to uh, scratch the the surface of the layers here. They're fishing at night. Again, this is another start of a new day. Fishing. What did Peter do before he met Jesus? He He was a fisherman, right? Okay, and these are the same waters where he once fished. And a miraculous catch. There's a miraculous catch here. A miraculous catch like the one that happens here, that's originally what got Peter to recognize, whoa, there's something different about this rabbi. Rabbi, what else was it? It was that moment, if you read the accounts, it's that moment where Peter said, get away from me. Does anyone know? Because I'm a, I'm I'm not clean, I'm I'm a sinful man, he says. Does that sound familiar to what just happened? Wow. And yet, and yet, in the midst of that awareness of unworthiness, what did Jesus do? He invited Peter to follow him. In the midst of that, knowing that Peter was not worthy, he said, follow me. In this 21, in, in, in what's about to come here, we, Jesus, when they, when they get to the shore, they see that Jesus had prepared a meal of fish and bread. Does that ring a bell at all? feeding of the 5,000. There's also elements of the way this is presented that have echoes of what had just happened in the upper room. And it says that Jesus cooked the fish over a charcoal fire. There was a, a, an Easter or a Good Friday not long ago where we talked about that, how the power of smell is so powerful. It helps us remember things like almost nothing else. So there was a charcoal fire when Jesus was betrayed by Peter. And now as Jesus saying, peace be with you, there's a charcoal fire. Should have triggered that memory of the betrayal in the courtyard of the high priest. (laughs) So, You see what I'm saying? There's a lot going on there. A lot of context. And Jesus, what he's doing, he's providing this profound context for what he's about to do. John 21, verse 15, when they'd finished this breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? And Jesus said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my lambs. Here's another thing I didn't notice before. Who gave Peter the name Peter? Who did that? It was Jesus. What does he call him here? He calls him Simon. It's as if he's going back, taking him back to the start. 
He says to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him, huh? third time. Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. This is why we call Jesus the master teacher. He sets up this entire context, this rich context. And then as Peter had denied him three times, how many times does Jesus allow Peter to express his love back to his Savior? Three times. Three opportunities to affirm his love and his commitment. Pastor and scholar N.T. Wright says this about this moment. This is so good. This scene between Jesus and Peter, it is one of the most spectacular interchanges in the whole Bible, perhaps in all literature. The three questions correspond to three Peter's three denials. Three for completeness, yes. Also, three for reminder. The smell of the charcoal fire lingers. Peter's night of agony and Jesus' own night of agony returns. But because of the latter, the former can be dealt with. Jesus is the Passover lamb who takes away the sin of the world. He takes away Peter's sin. Who else's sin does he take away? Oliver's. Peter was invited to join Jesus for a fresh start in a new day. All right, those of you who picked up those amazing Easter baskets, um, you guys have another envelope. And if you haven't opened it up, I want to invite you to do that right now. Inside, you're going to find this card. This card, this card that says, it is finished. It is finished. In John's account, these are the last recorded words of Jesus on the cross. It is finished. Which begs the question, what was finished? The ancient prophecies had been fulfilled. The perfect sacrifice had been made once for all, a way had been made for people like you, people like me, to be born again. All flawed failures become new creations. For those who are once objects of wrath, we become sons and daughters of God, heirs to the promise. All right, if you've got both cards, here's what I want you to do. Take this card in one hand. And imagine those of you who are here, imagine you've written down your three words. Those of you who have this card, you don't have to imagine. You've done this. Take this card in one hand. Take this card in the other. Here's what I want you to do. Silly as this might sound at home, here's what I want you to do. Just do this. Do that. This is our testimony. This is the good news. This is the gospel that can change the world. We're broken people, flawed people, failures like you and me. We can put this card on top of that. This is what God sees as he invites us to follow him. Peter is an example of this. Peter was a normal fisherman. Jesus called him to follow him. He said, come, I'm going to teach you to fish for men. And even after his failures, even after his failures, Jesus was able to see this. And he was able to say, come on, follow me. Now feed my sheep. Feed them. God can bring beauty from ashes like no one else can. Can I get an amen to that? 
Like nobody else can. I've seen it so many times. And guess what? Peter is still feeding sheep today. Why do I say that? Because our very next series is going to be on 1 Peter. People are still learning and growing and being fed by this person who Jesus didn't give up on despite his failures. In fact, here's an example of one of the things we're going to find in 1 Peter. Look at this. This might have a little more meaning now in light of Good Friday and what we learned there. 1 Peter 3.15, Peter writes this. He says, always be prepared to make a defense, yet do it with gentleness and with respect. If any of you guys, show of hands, anyone ever been caught unprepared? Someone asks you a question about faith and you feel unprepared to share in a way that is helpful, in a way that is actually compelling. You kind of stumble through it and you're like, I just made it worse, right? Peter's saying, always be prepared. And then he says, do it with gentleness and respect. Blinding flash, the obvious thing was Pastor Dan in our, in our teaching team. He brought this up. He's like, yeah, the garden, <laughs> right? Peter was not prepared to give that answer for the hope was in him. And he certainly didn't do it with gentleness and respect. What did he do it with? He did it with a sword. He took out a sword and cut the guy's ear off. And so Peter's like, you know, that didn't work so well. That didn't, that didn't work so well. Um, I, I want to submit to you for your consideration. Don't cut the guy's ear off. Gentleness and respect might be better. You get the, Peter's writings come from somebody who was there. Come from somebody who gets it. This is hard-won wisdom. And right from the start of Peter's letter, you can see this is also somebody who gets this. Who gets this. You can see it. Look at these. These are his words. Right towards the beginning of his letter, he says this. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his mercy, he caused us to be born again into a living hope through the resurrection of of Jesus Christ. If God's not dead, we're not done. That's our testimony. This quote here says it so well. Every time the single moment of act of, of accepting Christ, every time that becomes the goal, instead of the portal, we get superficial Christians. Isn't that good? Anytime the end is just, I, I prayed a prayer and I stopped there. I didn't mean that to rhyme. Every time we do that, instead of looking at this is an entryway into a whole new life, that's where you get these superficial Christians. Christianity is an invitation. Let's step out of the grave. It is finished. Our old normal, that is behind us. This is a new day. This is a new day. Let's go back to our text one last time. John 21, 19. After saying this, Jesus said to Peter, what did he say? follow me. Do those words sound familiar? That was the original call. Follow me. He says again, follow me. How, how did we get all of this? We got it from those words. Follow me. That's how Jesus initiated the whole thing in the, the New Testament. And guess what? Place to write this down too. Jesus still invites fallen people to follow him. That invitation is still there. And I'll tell you what, that's what we did in 2007. A bunch of broken, flawed, imperfect people. We set out to love God and love others and follow Jesus. That's been our North Star for 14 years. And along the way, man, God's been changing us. He's been changing us. Why would we go back? 
Why would we go back to 2007? Why would we go back to 2008? Why would we go back to 2010? Why would we go back to 2015? Why would we go back to 2020? I invite you to write this down too. One year from now, our church, we will and we won't be the same church that we are today. We will and we won't. One year from now, our mission's the same. Our mission's the same. We're going to do everything we can by the grace of God to help more people become more like Christ in authentic community. That is our mission. That's not going to change. But I tell you, the hows and all this kind of stuff, that is going to continue to change. And praise God that it will. There's going to be a whole lot of things that are going to be different, right, going forward. When we were on that Zoom call that I mentioned earlier, that Zoom call with our friends down from, from Juarez just this week, Patel Lopez, uh, the daughter of the guy that founded that home, that children's home, she said this about their future. She said, it's almost like we don't want to share our dreams right now because they are so big, they scare us. Our dreams are getting so big, they scare us. We can't do these things. We can't do them on our own. This is happening in our midst right now too. God has given us dreams and visions that are so far beyond our capacities, as talented, as amazing as all of you are, as all of you are. This is beyond us. This is beyond us. God's given us dreams and visions that are way beyond our current capacities. In fact, while you're diving into 1 Peter, over the next several weeks, I'm going to be stepping aside for these, these couple weeks. I'm going to be working with a small team, and we were going to be working on a project project. I'm excited to come back and I'll tell you more about it. Actually, if you sign up for ECC mail, if you're not already on it, we'll be giving you a little bit more about it this week. It is a project that is so far beyond us as an individual church. It fits that definition of something so big, we can't accomplish it on our own. We are and we aren't the church that we were in 2020. And one year from now, we will and we won't be the church we are today. One year from now, by God's grace, we're going to have, be, have been rebooting confirmation. We'll have taken Camp ECC to the next level. We're going to equip this room right behind us. It is going to be equipped as an amazing place for teens and people of all ages to hang out. The room on the other side of this camera right now, it's going to be this incredible lobby that is going to be welcoming in the people from all over this neighborhood, all over the area. And, and through this lens, it's going to be welcoming people from all over the country, even some people in other countries. One year from now, we're going to have launched something that we're going to call Studio Church. One year from now, we're going to have sent at least three teams by the grace of God to go help our friends in Mexico rebuild. We'll have had one year from now very difficult but important conversations about race. We'll have dug not only into 1 Peter, but the book of Judges and more. One year from now, we will and we won't be the church we are today. Here's my question before we go. What about you? What about you? What about you? Will you be the person you are today? Last question, if you want to write it down. One year from now, what could your testimony be if you fully let God lead you? If you respond to that call, follow me with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. What could your testimony be? Like that night in the garden, in that dark courtyard 2,000 years ago, this dark season that we've been in, 
headlined by a global pandemic. It has brought a whole lot out in the open, hasn't it? It's been a great revealer of where we really were at. COVID shook people's sources of security. One year from now, can you imagine a life where your security couldn't be shaken, where nothing could shake you? That's possible. COVID re revealed how disconnected people are, right? One year from now, you could have those deep, meaningful relationships with other believers that you were longing for. COVID, at least early on, it helped a whole lot of people remember what matters most. What matters most? Imagine where your life could be one year from now if you invested in those things that matter most. And COVID was a reminder, a vivid reminder, that life is short and life is fragile. Do you realize one year from now, you could be celebrating that. One year from now, what could your testimony be? If you follow Jesus with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Well, in 2020, a whole bunch of new songs were released. And you could sense in these songs that people were wrestling with these deep things. I believe the Holy Spirit was inspiring a lot of these songs. And in this Easter service, three of the songs that we've been, we sang, two that we already sang, one that we're about to sing now, they were all released in 2020. The other one was released in 1739. It stood the test of time. We got to do that. But right now, I want to I wanna invite you to engage in this song that speaks to these things about the kind of testimony we could have if we followed Jesus with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Let me pray for us, and then let's sing this song. Father, thank you that you haven't given up on us. Thank you that you, are, you have made us acutely aware that you see our flaws, you see our failures, you see all these things. And you love us and you call us and you invite us to follow you. May this year, 2021, may we follow you with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength like never before. And one year from now, may we have a story to share. We pray in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen.